You may be seated if you can. I hadn't planned on saying anything, what I'm fixing to say this morning. I feel like God would have me to as a way of encouraging you because the Lord has encouraged me this morning. I hadn't said a whole lot to anybody other than Karen. Matter of fact, nobody other than Karen. And matter of fact, she even told me, be careful what you say, and I hadn't planned on saying anything. But this has really stirred me up this morning, Brother Joe, concerning our walk with God, our faithfulness to God. Whether you know this or not, there'll be things that will happen in your life that will cause your faith to stumble. It'll cause your faith to be weakened at times. Could be death, could be sickness, could be tragedy in your heart. It could be a longing for a family member that's not here. It, it, there's a number of things that could happen. And maybe it's because of the heart surgery that I had and maybe it's because of being emotional at times and whatever the case. But I was telling Karen yesterday, Bridget, that now you're going to, some of you are going to be shocked what I'm fixing to say, but hey, I'm, I'm just human like you. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just where you are. And I was sharing with her that, Karen, I question my faith at times. And I said, I know that there's a God. Brother Mesa, I know that. I know there's a God. And I know there's a God that cares. I know there's a God that understands. I know there's a God that cares about his people. I know that. But sometimes my faith is weak. I'm just talking to me now. You say what you want to about yours, but I'm just telling you me. I'm confessing some stuff this morning. And I was having a problem this week, Mavis. I was, I was really having issues a couple of times. And I prayed, God, I preach this every Sunday. I try to be encouraged in myself every day knowing that there's a God that understands everything that we go through. But sometimes I find myself, Brother Joe, weak in my faith. At least I, that's the way I feel anyway. I have to be reminded of the goodness and the mercy of God. And God always comes through. He always comes through. I... I don't know if this is for anybody else in the house, but you may be here this morning and you're weak. You may be here this morning and you feel like, Pastor, I'm right along with you. There's times I even wonder if there is a God. I've thought that. I'm here this morning and I don't understand my walk. I don't understand my relationship with the Lord. And you may be that way this morning. And I pray that what I've shared with you that you can be encouraged to the fact of understanding and knowing that there is a God. God has encouraged me today and just let me know one more time, hey, I'm here. I'm for you. I'm not against you. And, I, and he's asking us to stand up. He's asking, thank you, Halen, for, for doing that song this morning. That was, that was awesome. That was great. And it reminded us of the fact that we can be the one to stand up, proclaim Jesus is Lord. He's God. He's coming back after his church. Amen? Amen? God is the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for letting me just bear my soul to you just a little bit. Maybe you just need to pray for your pastor more. 
just to help me a little bit more. Matthew chapter 8, if you want to turn there with me in your Bibles, I want to speak to you this morning, and I'm not sure I, I should be able to finish, but I guess the screens are out this morning. There it is, okay. I want to speak to you this morning about crying out to God, crying out to God. There's a lot of people in this world who wake up every day with thoughts of fear in their minds because of the storms that surround us. The more and more news that flood our lives just builds, it seems like, a constant anxiety and stress. Could be another school shooting or another terrorist attack, another threat. Now this national pandemic of the coronavirus that we, that's got everything that's seemingly shut down. It's amazing to me that all the other diseases that we've had that's killed hundreds of thousands of people, it seemed to be, Brother Roger, that we had no hysteria over those, but now this... And you can have your own speculation about what's going on and all that. I'm not trying to get into any of that this morning. I'm just telling you, it's amazing to me how we are as people. And it seems to just snowball once a few goes and buys a roll of toilet paper. It just seems to snowball. Every day when you pick up the paper, there's another scandal or another lie or another murder, another rape, another beating. And all this just builds distrust in the world around you and you wonder why these stories will come too close to home. I've come to tell you we must cry out to God. On another level, our own homes and schools are being filled with different storms that are very personal. Broken relationship overwhelmed many of us in this room even today and mom and dad are fighting again on this time. You think maybe dad will leave or mom will leave. We must cry out to God. Divorced homes are becoming a norm today and even in the church world. Pain and frustration settles deep within whether, whether you want to admit it or not. Some of you feel that you're alone every day even though you're in the midst of a flood of people at school and <coughs> on the job. You're struggling with friendships and you're trying to figure out what you're doing and what's wrong that people don't like you and why don't seem not to care. Some of you are dealing with the death or sickness of a loved one. As cancer or other illnesses destroy their bodies and some of you struggle with yourself, with self-image because you flip through magazines and you flip through the television and movies and your bodies just don't line up with what people say are beautiful or sexy really is. I'm going to tell you, you better cry out to God today. You better cry out and when you look around us, our world is in chaos as our peers and our culture throws away all moral boundaries and adopt this thing that says every man for himself attitude. What I mean by that is what's okay for you is okay and what's okay for me is okay for me even though they contradict one another. Anytime someone talks about truth, it's questioned and almost insta instantaneously rejected. We must cry out to God. And our world says there's no absolute truth. But yet really all that belief says is that there is no truth at all. And questions overload our minds with confusion as we walk through our lives on an uneasy ground. 
And with everything building and piling up with all the questions and doubt that, that fill our mind even today, so many of us just determined to hold it in and stuff, stuff it down deep with inside of us. And so often we put our heads in our pillows at night and we just want to scream or we want to cry or we want to do both of those things. I'm going to tell you, you better cry out to God. Today I want to spend a little time this morning looking at how Jesus and his disciples handled a storm, probably quite literally in their lives, that will help us weather our own storms today. We look at Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, a very familiar scripture to you. Verse 23 says, And when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. His disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the waves obey this guy? Now think about what's going on. The disciples had jumped into this relationship with the Lord. They had left everything behind. They left their families. They left their jobs. They left their money. They left their security. They left it all to follow this man called Jesus. They followed him. Their travels took them to the shores of Galilee. And as Jesus talked to a few people, the disciples readied a boat since most of them were experienced already in a boat because they were fishermen. And once it was ready, the disciples, along with Jesus, got in the boat and they set sail for the other side. Suddenly, a text tells us a storm came up. A storm arose and started pounding the sides of the boat. The disciples quickly jumped into action because, again, they're familiar with this. They manned their positions. They pulled the sails down so that the boat would not get turned over in the violent winds. No doubt a few men grabbed buckets and began to bail water so they wouldn't get weighed down too much in the boat. Others quickly grabbed an oar and began to steady the boat. And after the disciples tried everything else, they realized that Jesus was in the boat and that maybe he could help. Now, let me stop here long enough to say that's exactly how we feel today. That's exactly how we are today. In the midst of storms, we try to take care of it ourselves. Hello, somebody. In the midst of the storm, we try to do everything in our own power to take care of it and, and not rock the boat too much. And all of a sudden, when we've done everything else, we realize, hey, Jesus is in this thing with us. Maybe he can take care of it for us. And they ran over to Jesus and shouted, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. In another account of the story, it says the the disciples questioned Jesus, don't you care that we are in danger? And Jesus responds with what seems like a, a stupid question. He says, why are you fearful? Why have you so little faith? 
And Jesus stands up, he rebukes the wind, he rebukes the waves, and suddenly the storm that the storm that arose, it was all very calm. Just as quick as it came, it quickly left at the command of the Lord. I've just come by to let somebody know that if you're in a storm today, as soon as it arose, Jesus can speak peace to your storm, and it can go today. Amen. Hallelujah very commonplace that a lot of us find ourselves when we're faced with the storms of life that surround us. We wrestle with it with the pain. We wrestle with the hurt. We wrestle with the anger. We quickly try to fix everything ourselves. We try to wait out the storm thinking the storm will, will be over with very soon. We try to take matters in our own hands and we try to navigate safely out of the waters. And it comes in so many forms this is, such as drugs and sex and relationships and video games and, and food and anything we can find to numb, numb the pain that we go through and, and, that, and that I help us get through life. And sometimes our efforts seem to work, but yet we find ourselves damaged having taken on too much water and having been beaten by the waves and beaten by the wind. And sooner rather than later, more storms arise. And the time that this time our efforts fail because we have been damaged so many times and we've already sustained and we find ourselves shipwrecked and drowning. And the question we need to ask ourselves is why does it take us so long to cry out for help? Sometimes along the lines, we've been taught, somewhere along the lines, we've been taught that we need to fix all of our own problems and that it's not polite or it's not appropriate to admit that we even have problems. How many times a day do people ask us and come up to ask us even today, how are you doing? Yet as we think of how to respond when we're even in that storm, we've been taught to give the right answers. Oh, I'm just fine. Everything is going good and nothing more. If we need to ask for help or even if we show that we're struggling, then many times people are considered weak. Instead, we try to do it ourselves. When we fail to understand, though, that it's Jesus that is desiring, it's Jesus that's wanting us, it's Jesus that's trying to get us to cry out to Him for help, and He wants us to express our true feelings to Him about the difficult storms that we face. And I was, as I was telling Karen the other day, I'm struggling, dealing with some things that I never dealt with before. I'm dealing with some things in my own flesh, Brother Roger, that I've had to step up to. And it was a mountain in my life. It was a valley that I couldn't find a way across. And I was struggling in my walk. I was struggling in my relationship with the Lord. Thank God for a wife that I encourage you. Thank God that somebody will come along and say, it's just not you. There's a lot of people that may be going through this, but understand, and you know this already, that God is still God, and he always will be God. Amen. In fact, the Bible is, is full of situations like this, that God welcomes our cries. In Exodus, God waits for his people to cry out to him so that he can come and deliver them out of slavery. 
The book of Job is an entire conversation between Job and God about the storms of Job's life that he's facing. When you look at many of the Psalms and the Proverbs and prayers throughout the book of Lamentations, they're filled with language of crying out to God for help and deliverance. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself, just before he was arrested, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was crying out to God saying, God, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Let it pass. As you go throughout life fighting the storms around you, you've got to understand and you've got to know today that you're not alone. But you've got to know more so that Jesus is sitting right nearby and he wants you to cry out to him. This is one of the reasons that we've built the prayer room behind me. We wanted folks to go and pray. We wanted folks to go and cry out to an almighty God. That's why any day of the week you can come and the prayer room is open for you to cry out to an almighty God. We wanted to create a place of prayer where people could go and feel free to cry out to God. Amen. God wants to comfort you. God wants to be with you. God wants to change the world around you. But he simply many, many, many times is just waiting on you to cry out to God. To cry out to him. In our text this morning, once the disciples asked Jesus for help, Jesus' response is so important for us to understand. most important thing to understand in this passage is not that Jesus calmed the storm, even though that was wonderful, but it's his verbal response. He said, why are you afraid? Why? As I sat in the house the other night in my chair, Television was on, but I wasn't paying no attention to the television. And I was praying. Those thoughts flooded my mind. Why are you so fearful? But I couldn't shake it. Just being honest with you. I couldn't shake it. Why do you doubt me? It seemed like God was speaking those things to me, Brother Joe. Why are you doubting me this morning? Why are you doubting me tonight? Why are you doubting me in this situation that you find yourself in? Do you not understand that I'm still the captain on board? Do you not understand that I'm still in charge of the storm? Do you not understand that I can say, peace, be still, and everything is all right? Why are you afraid? And the Lord asked the disciples that. Why are you have so little faith in Jesus says to the men, he wasn't being a jerk by asking him that, asking them that. He's not calling them idiots for asking for help. I want you to understand that. And really what Jesus was saying to the disciples, don't you trust me? Don't you trust me? Don't you trust me to get you through this storm? For a moment, it might sound contradictory, to what we just talked about earlier. It might seem that, that he's reprimanding the disciples for feeling scared or weak, but if that was the case, then Jesus' response would have been something like this. Why are you scared? Why don't you just sit down and shut up and let me tell you what the power is, what kind of power I've got. That's probably what his response was, that's, but that's not what he said. But when you look at this scripture, Jesus, he had compassion on his disciples. Despite the growth that they needed to go through at that particular time right there, 
And just so his disciples would also understand firsthand the power that Jesus had over the storms, he stood up, he rebuked the storms, and he calms the storm. And the storm was gone just as quick as it came. I come to tell you this morning that Jesus wants us to cry out to him with our deepest thoughts. Our deepest thoughts. Jesus is not afraid of what you're going to tell him. You're not going to embarrass him by what you say. Might embarrass me, but you're going to embarrass God. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you, I mean, you get to the place where you've got to just simply cry out. And it's not going to sound pretty. It's not going to sound like you want to sound. It's not going to be what you want to be. You're just going to cry out to the Lord. And there's moments that we go through those times. But the Lord wants us to cry out with our deepest thoughts and feelings about what's going on. In some cases, I'd make the argument that Jesus is waiting for you to ask before doing anything about it. Sometimes he'll come and rescue you and he'll show you power and might as he calms the storm immediately in your life. But there's other times that Jesus won't always calm the storm right away. He'll instead, he'll hold you close and he'll hold you tight as you travel together through the storm to the other side knowing that you'll learn more and you'll grow more and you'll grow stronger enduring the hardships together. Most important thing to remember is that God is in control. Some of you have heard me say this before. It's been a while since I said this. I went through a time like this several several years ago when I was real young. It was over at Cherry Street. And I'd got to the place, Brother Sam, where I just didn't feel God anymore. And I got to the place where I doubted God. I got to the place where I wondered if God even knew where I was. And I found myself in the back of the sanctuary over on this side, right, right behind somewhere where Brother Ronnie and Sister Deborah sits in, at Cherry Street on that side of the church. And I got down between pews. And I began to cry out to God. I began to ask God, where are you? Do you not care of what I'm going through? Do you not understand what I'm dealing with today? And I cried out. There was nobody else in the sanctuary. And I cried out to the Lord. And it was at that moment, all of a sudden, it, ha it hadn't happened to me since, but that day, Brother Joe, all of a sudden, the Lord showed up and he wrapped his arms around me and I felt his arms wrap around me. I mean, I literally felt them around me. And all I could do was just sit there and kneel there and weep before the Lord and say, thank you, God, because I know now that you've not left me. Look, church, there's going to be times where you feel like that God is nowhere to be found. There's going to be times where you feel like that God has alienated himself from you. But just rest in the fact of understanding and knowing this, God is still in control. And he desires that you cry out to him come to him. There's power in crying out to God. There's a power in crying out to God. I mean, look, all throughout the Bible, God led his people to cry out. Time and time again, he led them in, 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 even in the battle that way. I mean, think back when Joshua directed his people, the power of God. We're going to go, we're going to march around the city of Jericho, and when we're done, I want you to cry out with a shout. With a shout, 
Have you ever wondered why the Lord wanted them to shout? Of all the things that they even done before, prior, why shout? And this is why I said to you earlier, I don't want you to, I wanted you to pray out loud. This is why. Because lifting our voices takes faith. Listen to me. When you lift your voice, it takes faith. Sometimes just stating facts aloud, it validates the reality of whatever the situation is. It somehow makes it real. I mean, think about it. Have you ever deliberately not spoken something out loud in the hope that silence would keep it from happening? Yeah. Yeah. When you open your mouth, it takes faith. The Old Testament is not it's not only a place that speaks of crying out to God. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers, the Bible said. He offered up petitions of fervent cries and tears to the one that could save him from death. And he was heard because of that submission. If Jesus cried out to God, I believe we can cry out to God. Amen. So keep on praying, church. Keep on crying out. What is it you need this morning? Are you in need of healing? Then he is the great physician. Do you feel that you're at the end of your rope and everything is hopeless? Then his mercies are new every morning. Are you lonely? Are you discouraged? Are you feeling confused? Because the Lord can meet your need today. There's no request that you could ever bring before God is either too great, is either too big, or either too insignificant for his touch upon your life. Because if it matters to you, it matters to God. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 5 and 7 says this, cast all your cares, cast all of your anxieties, cast all of them upon him because he cares for you. You know, the best part of surrendering to God is not what he can do for us, but what he can do through us. What he can do through us. There's a world, there's a world full of hurting people that needs a Savior today. There's a world full of hurting people who need the touch of the master today. And God can use you. He can use you through prayer to make that difference. You understand what that means in our life today? It means that our life can count for something beyond the little world that we think we live in at times. I mean, we're, we're so shallow at times. I mean, we really are, and I'm talking to me too. We're shallow at times. But God has plans to use us in a powerful way. And your prayer life is pivotal to those moments. Pivotal. The Lord has an amazing life in store for you. And he'll meet us in prayer. His presence is available. Who knows what miracles we'll experience in our lives? Who knows what miracles that will happen in our lives? Not only is it possible to see the dead rise, the lame walk, the blind see, but it's happening even today all over the world. It may not be happening in our little world, but it's happening today. There are people that's coming to know God. The dead is being raised. The lame is being healed. The blind can see. It's happening today. God is still God. God is still on the throne. God is still doing miracles today. And throughout history, believers have cried out to God in times of distress. Sometimes after years of praying, a single cry brings direction instantly. 
Sometimes it seems like, Lord, I've done said all this I know how to say. I done went around the bush basically a 15 dozen times. I don't know how else to say it, God. And all of a sudden, God shows up. God's timing is everything. And many have wondered why, why there are such powerful results from simply crying out to God. But his promise is very clear. In Psalms chapter 50, verse 15, the Bible says, Call unto me in the day of trouble, and I'll deliver thee. And thou shalt glorify me. Call me. Call me. Call me in the day of trouble. I mean, throughout Scripture, believers are instructed to cry out to God in times of trouble. In Jeremiah 33 and verse 3, the Bible says, Call unto me and I'll answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. In Psalms 34 and 17, the Bible said, The righteous cry and the Lord heareth, and he delivered them out of all their troubles. In Psalms 56 and 9, the Bible said, When I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know, for God is with me. Amen. God's with me. I mean, seriously, the Bible is filled with examples. Elijah cried out to God, and God re re revived a dead child. Jehoshaphat cried out to God, and God delivered him from death. Hezekiah cried out to God, and God gave him the victory. Jesus' disciples cried out in a storm, and Jesus arose and calmed the storm. Blind Bartimaeus cried out to God and got his sight back. Amen. Hallelujah. Then in Psalms chapter 50, verse 15, as the musicians come, it declares this word from the Lord. Call unto me. Call unto me. I read it just to you earlier. Call unto me. Call unto me. Other translation, cry out unto me. Cry out unto me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee. And as children of the living God, our heavenly Father appeals to you and I today to cry out unto him for deliverance. Listen, we better be quick, and we better, especially the days and times that we live in. It's amazing to me how life changes every day. It's amazing. It really is. You understand that what we're going through right now is a sign of the end times. The Lord's coming. The Lord's coming. You can worry and you can stress out. You can get fearful. But the fact of the matter is the Lord is coming. The Lord's coming. And we better be quick to cry out unto Him. Cry out with humility. Cry out with sincerity. Cry out in faith. We just got to cry out to God. I hope you understand what I'm fixing to say. Some of us, I believe with all of my heart, I might just be talking to me. And if it is, then so be it. Sometimes I feel like, Brother Keith, if we'll just come down to God before him, be open, be sincere, and open our mouth and cry out to him. I'm talking about, oh God, deliver me. 
You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about crying out. I'm talking about from deep within. And if we do that, I feel like sometimes breakthrough will come. There was a be a, there'd be a freedom that'll come over you. <coughs> God would show up and He'd do some things in your life that you need Him to do. There'd be a liberty. There'd be a freedom. Psalms 145 said this, God will fulfill the desire of them that fear Him. He also will hear their cry. Didn't stop there. Goes on to say this, which is so wonderful. And He will save them. He'll save them. He'll save them. He'll save them. Now, there's nobody close to you <clears throat> like your family. We talk about it a lot. We laugh at it some. But family is special. Family, you'll do things for family more so than you will for anybody else. You'll give your last penny for family. You will. When it gets bad enough, you will. You'll die for family. You'll bleed for family. You know what I'm talking about, right? Family is dear to you. We're all the same way. And so when one of my kids or grandkids are sick, <clears throat> you often pray, God, heal them. And you pray with that sincere prayer more so than anybody, you know, you pray for anybody else. I'm not saying that your prayer for anybody else doesn't mean anything. It does, but family just means something. Lord, help me here. I, I don't want to get personal, but when I was in the hospital, it was four or five days after the surgery, I asked Karen to come over to the bed in ICU. And I said, tell me something, what happened in surgery? Tell me. And she told me everything that took place about my heart stopping, about the doctors trying to shock it back a couple of times. And, and then ultimately the doctor had to massage my heart, you've heard my testimony, and to get it beating. When she told me that, I didn't get fearful. I got so emotional because of what they had to go through, what they felt, what Karen and the kids experienced. I, I felt so bad for them. I mean, I, I hurt because of it. And I remember laying in the hospital bed and I was weeping and I, I said, God, I, I hate that for them. Please let that feeling and my and my parents and my family what they felt and Karen would tell me said it wasn't a good time and I can understand that those are you, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about you've been there you've been there Kristen you know others of you you know you know what it feels like but I felt so bad for my family my wife and my kids for experiencing that 
That's what I'm talking about. Family, you'll do things with family and you'll experience things with family that, that somebody else, you won't, you won't do that or feel that. Our Lord today, our Father, our Father. Can you imagine the Father looking down upon the nation today, seeing what He sees? Can you imagine our Father today looking down upon sin and seeing what he sees. Can you imagine the Father today looking at us? And he's beckoning us to come home. But yet, for whatever reason, we say, not yet, Lord. Not yet. We've got all these things that we've got to deal with. We'll cry out to you later once we try to figure this thing out. Uh-uh. It's not what he's asking us to do. I believe that he is beckoning us today to cry out to him. Some of you are here today and you need that because you're going through a storm. Some of you are here today, you're lost and you know you're lost. You need to cry out to Jesus. You know him. You just don't know him personally. You've got to cry out to him. You've got to reach out to him. Some of you have having to make decisions this coming week that you don't know what kind of decision you're going to make. We have churches that's making decisions even this week about service next week, whether they can have it or not. Sporting events has been shut down. Everything has been shut down. Of trying to get this pandemic under control. And to stop the virus. Uncertainty everywhere. Some of you have carried a burden too long. Some of you have been wrapped in chains far, far too long. And the Lord is begging you to cry out to Him. He's begging you to cry out. So what are we going to do? What will we do today? What decision will we make today? This is what I feel like as in praying this week, how the Lord would have me close today. They get ready to sing something in just a little bit, but as far as our altar service today, I don't want nobody laying hands on anybody and it's not because of the virus. I hear my heart today. You may come and you're sick in body. That's okay. Lay hands on yourself. God's given you the power to do that. He has. Look, look back at His Word if you don't believe that. You may be here today and you're lost and you need Jesus to save your soul. That's all right. All you've got to do is ask. Lord, come into my heart. You may be here today and you're dealing with some stuff the burdens that you're carrying, the chains that's wrapped around you, that's all right. Lay hands on yourself. And you ask God that God break these chains. But this is what I want us to do. I want us to come around this altar. I want us to cry out to a mighty God. Some of you are hurting today. You're hurting. I want you to come and cry out to a mighty God that can give you peace today. 
that can wrap his arms around you today as nobody else can and let him flood your soul. Give him, give him space. Give him space to flood your soul. Give it to him and let him take you in his arms today.